Oskiro featuring MQ on Metro FM. This is Lee. Nine minutes after six. Welcome to Famous Fresh Fridays. Our guest is in the building. In fact, a lot of you complaining that uh, you thought we'd have him in for four hours. Um, next time we'll have him in for four hours. Absolutely agree. Many would argue that you have journalists and then you have Stephen. Award-winning journalist and political commentator, Stephen has re- reported firsthand on all the political, all the politics in the country over the last 16 years. His political career started with the trial of Shabir Sheikh, which has led to the charges that former President Jacob Zuma now faces today. What are the chances? Through to the Zuma rape trial, the ANC Polokwane conference, the elections of 2009, 11, 14 and 16, the creation of COPE and the EFF, and of course, the ANC's NASRAC conference. Stephen has an insider's understanding of South Africa's political environment and has built personal relationships with all the major role players. He's also a political analyst, writing three times a week for the Daily Maverick. His pieces often set the agenda for the analysis section of the news cycle. Please make some noise for Stephen Stivovo Hruotis. Stephen. Hey, fresh. Thanks, man. How are you doing? I'm well, yeah. It's lovely to be back. You know, I got my start here at the SABC 22 years ago. And I was out of it for a very long time. I went and did all sorts of things. But yes. it's really exciting to come back. You know, the part of the reception area hasn't changed. It's just really cool to be here. What's the saying? It's cold outside the, a- Sorry, the SABC. <laughs> it's cold out. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you leave the first time you left the SABC? Um, well, I, I just finished university. I've been doing an internship here. Got to, and can, can you just imagine being like 1920? It's 1995. Yes. You know, I know you talk about now what a time to be alive. But yes. then what a time to be alive. Yes, yes, indeed. It was so exciting i mean i went to go and i went you know as a as a youngster in my golf 1984 golf i went off to go and watch the constitution being signed because i literally had nothing else to do that afternoon yes and ended up reporting on it for the sabc because someone else's phone had broken you know it was that kind of life at the time yes sir um and then i finished studying and i decided i want to go overseas and see the world and i went to london and worked in radio there for a few years and then i came home in gosh 2002 2001 yes sir now it's Stephen with a ph not a yeah yeah. Uh, but even more pronounced is your last name. Yeah, Hrutis. And, and that's how you know someone knows you, the way they pronounce your surname. <laughs> yeah. L- let's go back to day one. Where were you born and raised, Stephen? So, yeah, uh, Cape Town and then Joburg from when I was about nine. So yeah. I went to school in Joburg, uh, grew up um, here, all the rest. Um, you know, one of three brothers. So you can imagine... You know, you can imagine that I would use the political phrase, the contestation. Yes. But my mother would say, gosh, the fighting. Sure. Um, just constant. Um, and then, yeah, I went to uh, university, went to Rhodes, where you could do journalism and English then at the time. Yes. Um, and that was great. I mean, what a time. There's so many. You could go and you could literally go to a lecture, go to a Kasatu march in the city center, yes. come back and go to a tut. And if you sure. were late, you'd say I was at a, at a protest. Exactly. You know, it was that kind of thing. Now, a lot of people say they love how woke you are (laughs) as it were Mm -hmm. as a child were you woke to what's going on around you in the country uh yes if not when did you wake up to it so i always had a political understanding you know i was i was uh, 14 when nelson mandela was released and i remember the day i think everyone who was alive remembers the day that that fw de clark walked into parliament in those days and said i'm going to release nelson mandela um and it was just an incredible moment yeah and and certainly from that time i don't think before but from that time and i was still just 14 then yeah just this understanding of what was happening in the country and how important it was yes um i mean in terms of work i mean 
there's certain things I can never say. I can never say I'm going to know what it felt like sure. to be on that side of things during apartheid. I can intellectually do my best to understand it. Yes. But to feel it, all yes. I can do is listen to other people. Sure. And I think once you make that distinction, then I think you're kind of a quarter of the way there, maybe. Yes, sir. Now, you you were at Varsity, what, 94 to 97? Yeah. Um, interesting time in the country mm. at the time. Mm. It, it must have been almost a journalist student's wet dream yeah. to be studying journalism at the time. You know, um, Nelson Mandela came to Grahamstown three times in 2007. I wow. mean, you know, to be able to, to report on that each yes. time. Yes. And I'd actually seen him. He'd come to my school um, yeah. when I was, you know, so he'd had just been released then. Um, and you immediately had a sense of like, wow, you're yes. in the presence of greatness. And I think I think the, uh, there are really only two other people who achieved that. One, of course, was Winnie Marikazela Mandela. Yes. When you were in her presence, you realized Everyone else you see today is not going to match up. Sure. There is no one else. It mm. was them. And I think the last, of course, is Archbishop Emeritus Desmond Tutu. Um, so those were the sort of three that, that I've been able to, to sort of see. Um, and, and it was, there were so many different things you could do. I mean, at the time, so when I did an internship here, I got to interview Sashinton Dilka, the first Indian cricket captain to land in South Africa. Yes. And that was before he was as big as he was. You yes, know? sir. And then, you know, Neil Tovey, Bafana were winning trophies back then. Yes. So all of those things were happening. It was an amazing time. Now, your first job was working for a store in a mall that sold hi-fis. Yeah, technical things. And maybe it was Destiny. Mm. One of your clients was a certain Peter Mokaba. So he walks in, right? Yes. And I'm sort of, you know, serving him as you would a normal customer. And suddenly the boss comes running over and did something I'd never seen him do before. He elbowed me out the way. Yes. And he was falling him all over himself. Sir, sir, what can I get you? And I mean, he bought, an, he bought a radio alarm clock, you know, yes. something you put next to your bed. Yes, sir. I don't know if people have them anymore because everyone uses a cell phone to wake up now. Um, but it was, it was one of those moments where, where you sort of realized, oh, Gosh, and you know what he was famous for, right? Yes. That song he used to yes. sing long yes. before Julius Malema sang. Yes. So it was controversial, but it was one of those moments where you go, oh, I just took Peter Macabre's hand. You yeah. Know, it was quite exciting. And now, you know, he bought a clock radio and now you're on the radio. One yeah. of the chances. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's 15 minutes after six. We're talking uh, life. We're talking love. We're talking journalism. We're talking South Africa. Stephen Khrotis is on Metro FM. Dream Team featuring Anati. This is Shandis on Metro FM. It's 23 minutes after six. Fresh breakfast, famous fresh Fridays. Journalist Stephen Hrotes is in the building. If you have any questions for Stephen, you can send us a voice note to 081-577-3333. The hashtag is Fresh Breakfast. Any question you have, Stephen will answer it. So you start... As an intern at SAFM? Yeah. In fact, interning on the show you're about to start doing next yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. It's quite exciting that, yeah. And then you relocate to the UK. Yeah. Where you work at a radio station that was for Asian people living in London. Yeah. So imagine this, right? You've got yes. a white South African yes. who's the news editor of the biggest, what in Britain is called the ethnic minority radio station. Yes. And I'll never forget, I went to an event that was for black media only, and I arrived because I was the, the editor. Representing black yes. media, yes. And I, I walk in and the guy looks at me and he says, you'll be Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I am. And then there was this guy at the time, and I'll never forget it. I mean, I was very young and you can imagine, you know, you're still growing up and trying to think through all these things. Yes. Uh, his name was Sir Herman Usley. He was the chairman of the Commission for Racial Equality. And halfway through the event, yes. he threw the BBC out. Wow. He said, I don't want white media here. And I looked at him and he said, no, Stephen, you stay where you are. Never <laughs> forgot that moment. <laughs> 
<laughs> Tell us about the, your learnings in London yeah. before you left for the US. So, so I mean, what's fascinating about London is that it is a melting pot in its own different way. Yes. I mean, I remember going to, we had a house party, you know, a party at our place where we stayed. It was a New Year's Eve party, okay? There were 20 people at the party, 19 different countries. Wow. Like, and so, you start to see that happening in South Africa, by the way. There'll be places where people have, you know, parties with Mozambicans and Angolans and people from Botswana and all the rest. That didn't happen here 20 years ago. It's beginning to happen now in this country, I think. Yeah. And certainly in the Joburg CBD, you see that. But London at the time was, you know, you could do those sorts mm, of things. The economy mm. was growing. People still like Tony Blair. It was a long time ago. Yes. Um, so you had all of those things going on. And it was really cool. But you could also get a sense of, and what was really useful for me, was to be this one person who looked like I do, go into this building that had only Asian, you know, people from India, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, Bangladesh yes. in it, speak to that community, do a job for them that was mm-hmm. largely community journalism, and yet come out and look like everybody else again. And I think there are very few white South Africans who've been in a, in a position like yes, that. Yes. And it was really valuable and enriching to me. It made me really think about things in a completely different way. Sure. But the other thing about it was that the people I worked with were incredibly warm. Mm, you know, family mm. was really important. And when they realized my family wasn't there and I'd come on my own, you know, people would come and take me home, and you know, every day sort of thing. It was a really enriching experience. You always left with a pot of biryani from work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea. And the world's best biryani. Yes. Yes. Why did you move to the U.S. before you came here? No, I just I did some backpacking in the U.S. for a couple of months. Yes. And, um, and I wanted to see it because I thought I'm never going to do this again. Um, you know, once you get married and settle down and all the rest, you're not going to go and do something like that. I was yeah. 26. Um, and there was this sort of, you know, three, four month period where no one in your family knows where you are. I mean, they're fine, but they yes. don't know where you are. You can just decide, OK, you get a you get a rail pass in those days. You could go around the country. You could spend. I mean, I remember spending four nights in the same train seat and you're like, wow, yeah, we're not going to do that again yes but you know you started in new york and you ended up in san francisco it's an amazing journey to Mm, do mm. Uh, you can still do it but i think it's just got a lot more expensive yes um and you know it wasn't like i was in a compartment now at the time you're in london Mm. the time you're backpacking through the u.s what's happening back home that made you wish you were back home reporting on it? So there was the 1999 election. Thabo Mbeki became president. Yes. Um, but more, something happened more than that is that every time I was overseas, now I'd, I'd look at a headline. I'd look at the headlines every morning. You know, yeah. you start the day. The internet was still very young then. Yes. You, know. um, you didn't really have internet like you do now. In fact, my office. You know, you know, do you remember the 1999 Cricket World Cup final, which was in London? And obviously I couldn't go. I couldn't afford the tickets. And then you have, you know, Alan Donald not being able to hit the ball and not running and all of this disaster. Yes. And you have this moment of just like, man, this feeling of passion. And you just think to yourself, why am I here? Yes. You know, when when you could be p- part of that. Yes. Um, and so that was a small part of it. But but also you would, you know, I, bump into, I remember once interviewing Morgan Changarai. Yeah. It was as close as I got to being home for a few minutes. Yeah. And he was Zimbabwean, of course. Sure. But he was there. And I just, and, and I kept thinking, man, there are things happening that I've got to go and do. But the main thing was I always thought if I stay in London, I'm going to think about going home. And if I go home, I'm never going to think about going back to London. Exactly. And, you know, I've been home now, I think, 17, 16 years. Never once thought about going back to London. 28 minutes after six. We're hanging out with Stephen Hrotus. This is Famous Fresh Fridays on Metro FM. Six thirty. Angie Kumalo has Metro FM news headlines and Politsolonyane your sports update.
In the headlines, the sour security has been tightened in and around the High Court in Durban ahead of uh, former President Jacob Zuma's appearance this morning. And the case of EFF leader Julius Malema will resume in the Bloemfontein Magistrates Court today. Details at 7. The junior Springbok training squad will switch into match mode on Monday when coach Sean Roo's training squad gathers in Stellenbosch for their fourth training camp as the World Rugby Under-20 Championship draws closer. The squad will meet Georgia in international friendlies on consecutive Fridays, April the 13th and 20th, which will be invaluable before the sides cross paths with their opening championship encounter in the south of France on the 30th next month. This camp will be followed by a UK tour from April the 30th to May the 12th where Ruse Chargers will take on Scotland, Wales and England, who are also participating in the international spectacle. In football news, after suffering mid, uh, defeat midweek against Golden Arrows, Cape Town City will be hoping to return to winning ways this weekend, but they will not find it easy when they face Maritzburg United at the Herikwala Stadium on Saturday night. Benny McCarthy's side are currently sixth on the uh, EPSA Premiership table, two places behind Maritzburg. They tough, tough side and they've got home advantage and I think for Sundowns travelling there, it's not going to be an easy game. I think that's probably after two. That's probably the most, the toughest semi-final. So good luck to the both of them. And yeah, the best team, the best team will probably come out on top and go to the finals. But yeah. Meanwhile, for the second time this season, individual EPSA Premiership Monthly Awards winners came from one club as Milutin Sredojevic, Musa Nyatama and Justin Shonga, all from Orlando Pirates, were crowned the coach, player and goal of the month winners respectively. Sredojevic wins his second coach of the month award for the second uh, for the season rather after guiding Orlando Pirates to two wins and scoring five goals during the month of March. Nyatama, meanwhile, capped off a great month of winning back-to-back Man of the Match awards by being rewarded as the best player in the Absa Premiership for March. In the goal of the month category, Buccaneers forward Shonga saw his stunning long-range goal against Chipa United in February emerge as the one with the most goals. And finally, the Masters, where the world is on Tiger Woods' watch. It will be a par to finish for Tiger Woods. He taps in and there's the ovation some 1,089 days since he last played around here at the Augusta National. He has carded a one over past 73, which keeps him very much in this tournament. Defending champion Sergio Garcia put five shots into the water for a 13 on the 15th as Jordan, Spe- as Jordan Spieth built a two-shot lead after day one at the Masters. Garcia equaled the worst score for a hole in the tournament's history and carded a nine over par 81. Spieth posted a six under 66 with a Tony Finau and Matt Kutcher sharing second and Northern Irishman Rory McIlroy, one of seven players at three under. That's all the sport. Uh, I'll be back with with uh, the next update at 7.30. Cuesta on Metro FM, my Barbour, 6.38, famous Fresh Fridays, hanging out with journalist Stephen Hrotus. Checking out some of your WhatsApps. Oh, good Lord, I love Stephen. I think he's one of the most gentle but tough journalists they've had at 7.02. He won my heart when he was presenting the Midday Report, where you won't miss a thing. I even uh, when I think he I even think he wasn't utilized properly. 
I'd like to know where he's venturing to now that he's left 702. Before you answer that question, um, another WhatsApp, I'm a huge fan of Stevens. I nearly cried on Thursday when he was doing his last link. You could hear the sadness in his voice. Please ask him why he stayed so long at 702 and his thoughts regarding John Robbie's tweet that there's something amiss at Prime Media. Yeah, well, you had to put that there, didn't you? Um, uh, yes. <laughs> I didn't be doing my job. You taught me well. Yeah. So, I mean, look, uh, John Robbie hasn't been in the building for a, for a while. Um, you know, th- that is his view, but he certainly didn't talk to me before saying it and before yes. tweeting it. Um, and if he had, I don't know if he would have tweeted it. Let me put it like that. Sure. Um, the main reason, and, and where I'm going, I think, is no secret. I'm going to go and do the new breakfast show on SAFM. There are big changes there. Yes. It used to be sort of by News and Current Affairs and AM Live. It's going to have mm. a new name, and I can exclusively apart from SAFM audience, tell you that it's going to be called SAFM Sunrise. It'll be nine, It'll be 6 to 9 on Monday morning. And that's uh, yourself and Ayanda Ali Payne, right? Just, it's just oh, going to just be you. Just going to be me. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we didn't get the new press yeah, uh, release. Yeah, yeah. So it's just going to be me. And and I mean, the, 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 reason that I le- the reason I stayed at 702 for so long was that I really enjoyed it. Yes. And there was also becoming a time in the country, I mean, you'll remember the night in Tlantelinene was fired as finance minister in 2015. Yeah. And there was a big political thing that led up to that. And I knew and I could see there's going to be a big political thing that that came off to that and then for me the nasric result was really the end of that nene firing that yes. was one dynamic you've got to stay where you are for something like that sure you know also things are changing around here and i was offered the position yeah and and for why, me why did you take it it's really very simple. Yeah. There are very few places in South Africa at the moment that have a diverse audience. Sure. You know, some communities have, have literally left the SABC wholesale. Sure. They yeah. watch DSTV and that's it. You sure. know who I mean. I mean, people who look w- like White me. people. White people, yes. yeah. I mean, there are children who've never watched the SABC or never listened to the SABC in their lives. And they're now teenagers. If you don't get them back now, you're never going to get them back. Sure. But the most important thing, and you see it around the world, I mean, the best way to explain it is in the United States. Right-wing people watch Fox. Left-wing people watch CNN, yes. right? And that's why you get this Trump supporters never speak to Hillary Clinton supporters. Mm. In South Africa, the same thing's begun to happen. Yes. And what's really important is to try and have a place where you can have a diverse a diverse conversation. But a, And a, Twitter's not going to do that because it's not mediated. It has yes. to be mediated. Sure. If you are living in Shaiwelo and you are furious at the person who comes from Shaiwelo but now lives in Sandhurst, <clears throat> you need to be able to have that conversation with that person. But the person from Sandhurst is not going to listen to your anger because they're going to feel naked in front of it. Yes. You need to be able to mediate the conversation, understand the point of view, put the right questions and get that conversation going. That, for me, is the huge attraction here. You, SAFM, you can have a big national conversation yeah. that you can have with that and, and it has to be in English unfortunately I mean there are reasons why that's awful yeah. but but it has to be sure. and and you can do something that I don't think can be done anywhere else at the moment really and you want to be at the cusp of it I yeah. want to be at the cusp of it man someone offered me the opportunity to do it you're not going to say no now as a white man, mm. often you'll be accused of being a racist. Sure. But also being the white man that you are, you'll be mm. accused of right-wing whites, of being a sellout. Yeah. How do you walk that fine line? So, I mean, it's fascinating. I mean, you should, if you look at my Twitter feed on some days, you know, it feels like nobody likes Stephen, um, <laughs> which is fine. There's, um, a, there's a TV show there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. Everyone hates Ray- Stephen. Yes. Um, Look, the thing is, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to work out what you're going to do. I discuss with as many people as possible before I do something. Yes. That's always the first thing. And I mean, they weren't. They, I mean, when I was going to have interviews on seven o two, there weren't always people I, ha- I only had the conversations with at seven o two. I discussed yes. with a lot of people. Sure, you want to get a, a wider viewpoint as possible before you have an opinion and before mm. you do an interview. That's the, I mean, especially a big interview. Yes, I think the second thing is. Is the person 
in a place where they must be accountable. Now, let me give you an example. The former spokesperson for uh, President, the former President Jacob Zuma, Dr. Mm. Mugani and Kalunga, mm. obviously accountable. Sure. You know, I can put the toughest question to him. Once I got the chance to interview um, Tobeka Madiba Zuma, one of the first ladies, yes. doesn't hold a public office. So how accountable is she? Sure. Very different. You've got to put the right question to the person who is accountable sure. and is in a, in a specific position. So the Secretary General of the ANC is fair game, as Greta Mantasha will tell you. Yes. Um, Ace Shule might have a different view. But, but, the, but, but so, someone who has just got themselves into a difficult position but isn't publicly accountable, mm. slightly different. You've got to manage all of those things. And in the it's, end, about, it's about nuance. It is about nuance, yes. and it's and it's often about the very specific word that you use. Yes, you know you've got to actually use a specific word to say what you mean, and you've got to be clear. And sometimes you'll have heard me do it, Fresh, is that you, is that I'll say I'm going to ask you about this, and let me be very clear about what I'm actually asking you mm. and what I'm going to demand an answer to. Yes. You're putting the person on notice. Mm. You know, immediately everyone's heart is going up, and I know also I know some people always say when Stephen goes polite. The question's coming, yes. <laughs> you know, and I think you've got to be calm. The person who loses their temper first in an interview has lost. Sure. And also, I think, I mean, for instance, you look at the interview that Dali Tambo did with the Mugabe family. Yeah. Or with the Zuma family. Yeah. Where people feel Dali was too easy mm. on them. Mm. But it's not that kind of show. So I go quite a long way with that. Yes. But I also think sometimes... You have a duty if, if you think that this is the only interview a person's going to do. Now, I wasn't there and I wasn't in the, in the Blue House in Zimbabwe. Yes. And I don't know what that was like. Sure. Okay. So I'm not going to, you know, diss Dali now. But I would say that sometimes I think you have a duty. If you think someone's not going to do an interview for a long time, you have or, or, to be harsh. Or you're them. the only one that got the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so I mean, I'll give you an example. A few years ago, I hosted on stage. It was um, Herman Mashabe, who was the mayoral candidate for Joburg, Parkstown mayoral candidate for the ANC at the time. Yeah. And I thought this was going to be the only time the two men were going to come. And there was Floyd Chavambu as well. But I so, said so, to, so you looked for the jugular? Looked for the jugular. My first question was, <laughs> literally my first question to Herman was, you're a businessman. How are you going to make Joburg great again? Yes. Now, that's an incredibly unfair question. Sure. But he has to answer it. Yes. And he did. I mean, he gave his answer. And, and my question to Parkstown was, um, you know, you, you, you've got Joburg to this point. You've been in power for so long. Why mm. should we give you another chance? Now, those are rough questions. But because I thought it was going to be the only time, they had to be rough. 6.45, we're hanging out with journalist Stephen Hrotos. You can catch him on SAFM Breakfast from next week, Monday. From Monday, yeah. Right now, it's time for Fresh Biz. Samkem Klongo is in the building. Congratulations to the winner of the incredible Powerball jackpot. Over 36 million rand was won on Tuesday with a quick pick selection at a boxer superstore in Thunderbell Park. We're talking big bucks, no manga manga. To be a winner, all you have to do is panda, push or play. Players must be 18 years or older. Play responsibly. Thai dollar sign featuring Gucci Mane and Quavo, Pineapple, 6.54, Fresh Breakfast on Metro FM. Famous Fresh Fridays, Stephen Khrotas is in the building. You can catch him on SAFM Breakfast from Monday. Now, in your career, Stephen, you've mm. traveled and covered many significant political events. Mm. What stands out 
to this day because of the rush it gave you or the sleepless nights that it gave so, you? So, I mean, the thing that gave me the most sleepless nights, I mean, Polokwane gave me sleepless nights. Lots of court cases gave me plenty of sleepless nights. Yes. Um, sometimes the things that were most interesting were the court cases around, like Julius Malema's hate speech trial over De Bono Bono, yes. things like that. They were just fascinating on like so many levels. And I mean, and I remember... Uh, a white lawyer saying to Gwede Mantasha, Secretary General at the time, in court, and I can't quite get the Zulu phrase correctly, but he, he said, do you know what this means? And Gwede Mantasha said, yes. And he said, what is that? He said, it's what the Zulu king said to Pete Retief. Yes. And suddenly South African history is right in front of you, you yes. know, yes. and everything that happened there. Um, but the thing that kept me awake more than anything, I think it probably kept you awake too, yeah. was Nazrik. And you had... It seemed like the whole country, if you had to go back and look for moments when the mm. whole country listened to their radio or watched their TV at the same time, yes. those two moments would not be anything to do with elections because sure. you can see that you can predict the results and they come in slowly. Those two things would have been Nazrik and Polokwani. Why do you think Nazrik and Polokwani were so pivotal for so many people? Because everyone knew how important they were. You yes. all knew this was the country in a strange way. Mm. The decision, the, the direction of the country was going to be determined by this. Sure. And I'll tell you, you know, I was, I was doing an earlier show on 702 then. I was doing breakfast last year. Mm. And um, the night of the election, so, so they were voting and I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep. And I got in and I was supposed to get there at sort of five or something. I got there at about half past three. I just couldn't anymore. And I tweeted at four o'clock, I can't sleep. Can you? I got 150 replies. Wow. That those are people awake at four in the morning because yes. no one could sleep. We had to wait another, another 14 hours for the results. But I remember that pit in my stomach um, because I thought it was just so important to what was going to happen next. Now, we have the Mandela Centenary this year. Yeah. Um, when you were an intern um, at the SABC, mm. you experienced them signing the Constitution into yeah. law. Um, Mama Whitney is gone. We're mm. literally mourning her right now, mm. and you're back at the civil, mm. uh, at at uh, the SABC. Yeah, um, tell us your thoughts about all these moments that you're almost always there at the right time. Mm. I think there's there, there are huge resonances. I'm not going to say they're the same, but there yes. are resonances between where we are now and where we were in 1994. Yes. and the, and the resonance is this that that when political power shifts, there's openings and gaps mm. and space yeah. is created. Now the space it's because people are, are giving way and other people are coming in in all sorts of ways. You see it at Latuli House, you see it you see it in government, you see it in departments and you're seeing it I think at the SABC it's fair to say. Mm. And, and that means that there are gaps and spaces that you can open and you can try and, I'm not going to say keep them open for as long as possible but yeah. what you can do is you can, you can come in in those moments and you can actually start to really do something yeah. and you can start to rebuild something. Mm. And that's, I mean in a way these things are all connected there's a reason that uh, all, I mean I'm sure if Nasrick had gone the other way I don't know if I would have got the offer you know to come here um, so I think I think all of those things you know you need to look at it quite holistically but we're in that kind of opening space right now and that's why mm. it feels like it does mm. you know they're calling it Ramaphoria it's not really Ramaphoria it's actually a bit more complicated than that but uh, that it feels in a certain way and that feeling has a resonance with 94 do you think the result is at Nazrek is why some people are feeling more emboldened in what they say, where they say it? I mean, you look at Trevor Manuel last mm. night, for mm. instance, mm. Uh, going in on ACE. Yeah. Is it, do you think he would have done the same had Nazrek result been different? I think if the Nazrek result had been different, I mean, I sometimes have this idea of what a, a spoof news bulletin would look like. Yes. And a spoof bulletin this morning would probably look like... SACP leader Bladen Zamanda says they filed their registration papers yesterday for next year's election. Yes. Um, SACP honorary leader 
Cyril Ramaphosa says, you know, if it had gone the other way, I think I think the DA conference this week would simply have been all about their unity. Yes. And, you know, the one that's coming this weekend, no one would be talking about internal fighting. Mm. Julius Malema would be the person you'd be interviewing right now. Sure. Um, so all of those things would be so different. So, yeah, I think Trevor Manuel's language would probably be sharper. Yes. Um, but he wouldn't be inside the same ANC. The ANC itself, I don't think, would have survived longer term. 6.59, we're hanging out with SAFM Breakfast Show host from Monday, Stephen Krotis. This is Famous Fresh Fridays on Metro FM. News at 7 next. 7 a.m., time for the news at 7 with Angie Kumalo. Straight after that, we play Are You Smarter Than a Primary School Kid? Is Stephen Krotis smarter than a primary school kid? Call us right now, 89 110